Alright, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash ringslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash ringslore, expressvpn.com slash ringslore to learn more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. There came a time near dawn on the eve of spring, and Luthien danced upon a green hill, and suddenly she began to sing. Keen, heart-piercing was her song, as the song of a lark that rises from the gates of night and pours its voice among the dying stars, seeing the sun behind the walls of the world. And the song of Luthien released the bonds of winter and the frozen water spoke, and flowers sprang from the cold earth where her feet had passed. Then the spell of silence fell from Baron, and he called to her, crying, Tenuviel, and the woods echoed the name. Hey friends, I I don't know how to do this episode without 
quoting a ton of stuff. We are deep into the story of Baron and Luthien. And if you're just tuning in on this episode specifically, go back, listen to at least the previous episode, if not the entire build up to this point. Because this is one of the most epic and beautiful stories Tolkien ever wrote. And I'm not being dramatic here. I try not to be dramatic. I try to kind of paint things with clarity. I like the grays. But sometimes I have to say things that fall in the extremes because that will happen. This is one of the most beautiful, the most epic, and the most influential stories. It's also one of the oldest stories that he wrote, but he he wrote it a few times over, as he did with so many of these stories. They started in one form when he was a much younger man, and over time they evolved, and they, they brought in the other aspects of the world as he developed them. But the core spirit of the story remains, the core theme, and as usual, I find those to be the most important parts of Tolkien's work. The characters are wonderful, the settings are beautiful or terrible, but the themes themselves are themes, as we've discussed before, that have echoed through time in myth and in religion and in our culture, in our stories. I want to bring up this concept here because I heard it recently stated in a similar way on a forum online, but it's the idea that fiction and nonfiction are taught incorrectly in school. And I I won't go too long on this because it's just a quick little insight that I wanted to share as we enjoy this fictional work. In school, we're taught nonfiction is true and fiction is false. And end of story, period. That's it. But that's not actually true. I mean, it is on the sense of like nonfiction works are based on real world events and fiction works are based on these worlds that we create in our minds. But if you're going to include truth in that statement, in a definition that compares the two, then truth exists in both. A nonfictional world is factually true. You can find evidence of events and people, and you can tie it to facts. These are situations, these are things that actually happened. Fiction, however, is no less true. It is just not about verifiable incidences and events in our real world. It is true to the spirit of what it means to be human. Fictional works are true in a deeper sense. Emotionally, spiritually, they reach into the very soul of what it means to be human. And they shine a reflection on ourselves. So if you recall, we have a situation here where Baron has stumbled into the forests of Doriath, which is not a friendly place for humans, for men. He is beaten down. He has worked his way through 
hell almost, although he doesn't realize what the future holds yet, into the most beautiful place he's ever been. And in front of him is the most beautiful sight he's ever seen. He cries out, Tenuviel, Nightingale. That's what that word means. He watches as winter itself is turned into summer through the song of a beautiful elven princess. And yeah, this sounds like a fairy tale because it is. This is the kind of story that was inspired by fairy tales. And after Baron cries out to Nuviel, Luthien stops. She, she, it says she or she halts in wonder. And fled no more. She didn't continue to run away. That was kind of the process that was happening before he finally crept close enough to actually catch her doing this, this song, transforming the woods around her. And Baron came to her. That's all we're told. He, he came to her. There's a moment here where she stops and allows him to approach. And I'm going to quote a lot. There are a lot of quotes in this episode, so bear with me, but... As always, you can't do better than Tolkien's own words. It says, But as she looked on him, doom fell upon her, and she loved him. Yet she slipped from his arms and vanished from his sight even as the day was breaking. She disappears, almost like it was a dream. But yet this chance encounter, this very short chance encounter, changes her. She sees for the first time, probably a man. She's not seen one, most likely. If she has, it's they've been prisoners who have stumbled into the woods or died. She sees in front of her a good man. And she's enchanted by him as well. Then we learn that after this brief moment, the weariness of everything that Baron went through catches up with him. It says, There Baron lay upon the ground in a swoon, as one slain at once by bliss and grief. And he fell into a sleep, as it were, into an abyss of shadow. And waking, he was cold as stone, and his heart barren and forsaken. Have you ever felt heartbreak? Have you ever felt heartbreak from a dream? I know I have. Sometimes I've had dreams in the past where I could have sworn that it was real and that I fell in love in the dream. And when I wake up, I'm forlorn. I'm heartbroken that that wasn't real. I have a feeling that this is what Baron feels here. And I also want to point out that when we think of Tolkien's works, we think of these vast histories and these huge stories with all these moving pieces and all of these very specific details. And the sense that I got, at least earlier in my understanding of Tolkien, was that he was very rational. He understood the way the time went by. And and it was even able to write in The Lord of the Rings stories between the first section and the second section of, say, The Two Towers or The Return of the King, where the timeline matches up perfectly, that Tolkien was by far a rational mind. But stories like this show me that he was an emotional mind. And the interviews and and video we have of him, he's an older man answering questions about things. But 
I have to imagine, especially in his younger days, that he was passionate, that he understood what it meant to feel bliss and grief simultaneously, because humans are complex. And yet, I think we've all been there. We've all felt that. But the story goes on. Baron is not the type of guy to just give up and lay on the ground and let fate take him. He gets up and it says, And wandering in mind, he groped as one that is stricken with sudden blindness and seeks with hands to grasp the vanishing light. And I think that this is actually imagery of what it felt like inside his own brain. This wasn't so much because he was in the girdle of Melian and it was messing with him. This was his own emotional fog that he was working through and his weariness. Thus he began the payment of anguish for the fate that was laid on him. And in his fate, Luthien was caught. And being immortal, she shared in his mortality. And being free, received his chain. And her anguish was greater than any other of the Eldalai has known. This passage here is another one of those moments where Tolkien tells us what's going to happen before it happens. We get this story laid out for us, and the end is already revealed. They end up together. And she suffers because of it. But that's the point here. The point isn't to spoil the ending. The point is to show us that this is going to be an epic story. That things are about to happen that have never happened before in the history of the world. And those kinds of things don't happen without a cost. There's always both. Now, we also learn that Luthien had other suitors. An elf named Daron, who was a minstrel, also loved Luthien, it says. And I find this passage particularly interesting. He espied her meetings with Baron. Now, two things here. One, first of all, he's witnessing them meet, which means he was either just happened to be in the forest at that time of night. Like, he's not a hunter. It it didn't say he was hunting in the forest at nighttime. That doesn't really make any sense, right? Also, he's a minstrel. So was he creeping around following her into the forest? That might be implied here. Um, Also, it says meetings, plural, meetings with Baron. And I think what this is referring to is the fact that the two kind of like Baron kind of followed her and then she disappeared and he followed her again and she disappeared. And then eventually they finally actually met and she stopped doing the whole disappearing thing. So I think that's what this is referring to. But I thought I thought that was kind of notable. So we're told that this uh, Darren goes and betrays this meeting to the king, King Thingle. And Thingle in this situation is very, uh, I mean, we've, we've seen him before in these writings, right? We've seen how standoffish he is, how he's not super appreciative of the Noldor. He doesn't like the fact that they've put them in peril, all of those kinds of things. But we get a real clear sense of King Thingol's opinions of men here and how haughty, is that the right word? How self-serious and how little he actually pays any credence to them, which is interesting because I think this does two things. This plays into this fairy tale sense of like the king of the fae world being dangerous when confronted and very powerful in his own realm. But it also 
in a strange way is contrasting to Melian, and and we're going to see that in the text. You would think that maybe Thingol would gain some more wisdom having spent so much time with her, but that's just not the case here. And if it were, we wouldn't get such an interesting story. So, hold on to your hats, or your butts, or whatever. (laughs) We gotta do the mid-break. We'll be right back. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at All right, here we are in the middle of the show. Before I get into the patron callouts, I just wanted to thank everybody who came by on our stream on Monday. We raised $712.50 for St. Jude uh, for children and children in need because of hospital stuff. And especially this month is cancer awareness. So cancer stuff, just all of the, the terrible things I'm sure that those children and their families are going through. We were able to raise some money. The goal was $500. We had an all day stream over on my Twitch channel, the robots radio Twitch channel and um, a bunch of different hosts from the network all did stuff throughout the day. 
including myself, I, I did some stuff as well, and we were able to raise that much money. It was it was a big success. So thank you everybody for coming out and contributing. I will include the link in the show notes if any of you guys would like to contribute. We'd love to get up to seven fifty. That was our second goal once we eclipsed the first one. So if you'd like to throw in a few extra bucks, you know, a coffee, five bucks or ten bucks or something like that, that would be amazing. Um, this shows that you guys are awesome and you're able to come out and join us for stuff like this. So we will be doing more charity streams and things across the network in the future. So maybe Labor Day next year, maybe before that. We're going to have to see. But um, thank you, everybody, for coming out. So we've got a bunch of new patrons. This show is absolutely exploding. I have a feeling it has a lot to do with the Rings of Power show as well. But uh, holy crap, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to all of these new patrons. Mitchell L, Joe K, Kevin D, Yara H, Jade H, Ernest H, <laughs> Nienna G, Nikki R, Alexandra T, and Chris W. Holy moly. Thank you to all of you for signing up and helping to support the show. I, I appreciate the kind words and the um, helping support me. This is what I do full time. I make podcasts. This is one of them. So thank you so very much. Uh, it, it just shows that I'm doing something that you guys appreciate. And I'm very happy to give you even more for supporting me. So I hope you are enjoying the early episodes if you're tier one or the bonus episodes if you're tier two or tier three. And speaking of our tier three uh, VIP patrons, we have four of you that get shout outs every week. We've got Brad C, Chris D, Esoteric Rage, and uh, Larry. Thank you so much for your support at this top tier. Again, I couldn't do it without you guys. We also have a number of reviews that have come in that I'm going to have to read out. So bear with me here. So uh, thanks to everybody who leaves a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'll read out your words on a future episode. Also, you can leave ratings on Spotify, and you don't even have to listen on those locations as long as you have accounts. All of that is extremely helpful, but here we go. I'll try to get through these as fast as I can. We have T Stark 69 from the US who wrote the Silmarillion in bite-sized format. Five stars. This show is just excellent. As someone who loved the Hobbit books and or book and the Lord of the Rings movies, I had a hard time getting into the Lord of the Rings books and the Silmarillion due to Tolkien's writing style. No doubt he's a great writer, just not for me. Tom does a phenomenal job of taking the information in the Silmarillion and breaking it down into a more digestible format, and I just can't get enough. Well, thank you so much, T Stark. Then we have Orwell Speaks Truth from the U.S. who writes, Amazing five stars. The title of this review doesn't do this podcast justice. Like Tom, my dad introduced me to Middle Earth. That's awesome. In fourth grade, I read The Hobbit. Man, you beat me by a year. I was in fifth grade. Uh, when COVID hit, I read The Lord of the Rings the summer after sixth grade, which helped me with the long days at home. I love the story, and I have... And it has been my favorite novel since then. Currently, I'm in I'm a high school student. Last week, on a train to Nevada, I found this podcast. It is the first podcast I've ever listened to, and I can't say how much I love it. I have not read The Silmarillion, and one of the reasons is because my dad told it, it told me it reads like an old textbook. It, it does. <laughs> That's true. However, because of your podcast, I have been introduced to the wonderful and imaginative world before The Lord of the Rings and have been inspired to want to read The Silmarillion. Also, I can't wait till we get the Lord of the Rings because I know you will describe the events with masterful and brilliant storytelling. My favorite character is Samwise, and I hope you do an, uh, an episode on the friendship of Frodo and Sam once we reach the Lord of the Rings. I wonder who your favorite character is. I also think Sam is the uh, best character in the entire book. 
So yes, I agree. I also think it's a good idea for you to stream playing Lord of the Rings online. To people who are wondering if you should listen to this podcast, you absolutely have to, especially if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. I guarantee you will be enchanted. I think Tom missed my review a month ago, but I wanted him to see it again. So here I am. Yeah, I'm sorry if I missed your review. I've, we got a bunch of them in here and the the uh, the program I use to kind of aggregate these doesn't always make it easy for me to track which ones came in when because the times are different than when they show up so thank you orwell speaks truth i really appreciate that also we have uh carnivus from great britain who writes fantastic and awe-inspiring tom's wonderful to listen to his excitement and enthusiasm told toward tolkien's world um the overspill uh overspills into his life or the over uh, there's a typo there but i think you're saying that that overspills into my life i've really enjoyed listening to his anecdotes and experiences linking back to these wonderful stories and absolute sweetheart keep it up mate cheers tom thanks <laughs> thanks carnivus um then we have team timo from the u.s who writes solid long-form tolkien content this is the best way to consume the information regarding the founding of Middle Earth if you can't be bothered to read the Silmarillion for yourself. However, even for someone who has read it multiple times, I find it really good breakdown. Thanks, Timo. Then Tom Bone, 26, short and sweet, great, five stars, nowhere, it's just great, thank you. Then Swamp Fox, 423, writes, great LOTR overview, five stars. As a fan who never read past The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings books previously, this has been a great history overview of Tolkien's universe. Robots is like a college lecturer with all his knowledge but way more fun. I had some fun college professors, so I guess maybe I benefited there. But yeah, I totally get the whole like that being boring thing. Then we have one more BT Bacon from the US who writes a fantastic short form resource to Lord of the Rings mythology. I recently started this from the beginning and I'm working through the backlog. It, I, I was looking for a podcast that could give some base level information into the history of Middle Earth in hopes for a jump start. Leading into the Rings of Power, I am very glad to have come across Robots Radio. This podcast is great and informative, and now find myself bouncing between this and the Elder Scrolls podcast. I'd recommend this to anyone interested in the topic. Yeah, the Elder Scrolls lorecast is a lot of fun as well. All right. Thank you to everybody. I'm not going to take any more of your time here in the middle. Let's move on with the rest of the show. So the next quote I want to highlight here, because this whole second section of this episode is about the conversation between King Thingol and Baron. And he says here, then the king was filled with anger for Luthien he loved above all things, setting her above all the princes of the elves, whereas mortal men he did not even take into his service. So that's the first time we get a sense of like his real feeling about mortal men, that they are temporary and they're not even worth being in his service so we get this debate between luthien and the king and luthien is very concerned that the king is going to hurt baron she already loves him and she doesn't want him to do him harm so we have this quote here therefore he spoke in grief and amazement to luthien he's just amazed by what she's saying to him and grieving the fact that his daughter would care for a mortal man but she would reveal nothing until he swore an oath to her that he would neither slay baron nor imprison him and this is a moment here that is very important the king normally 
wouldn't care that much for the lives of men. And if somebody threatened to take away his daughter, his most prized possession, then he would quickly end that dilemma. Again, we have this theme of people with prized possessions and the things that they would do in order to keep them and the darkness that that brings. So he sends out his servants to go track down Baron, who's, of course, lost in the forest, and they bring him to Menegroth, this capital, this underground, marvelous, beautiful capital. And Baron's never seen anything like this before. But Luthien goes ahead, and it, it says here that Luthien, forestalling them, led Baron herself before the throne of Thingol, as if he were an honored guest. She introduces him like a guest, like she was summoning him to visit the kingdom. She puts him on a pedestal. And can you imagine this scene? He's weary. He's worn. He's broken. His clothes are probably in tatters from being out in the wilderness. He's probably sunburned. He hasn't had a bath in weeks. He's also beaten and exhausted. And here he is being promenaded in front of this great mysterious elven king. And there's clearly some tension between the king and his daughter. Who are you, said the king, that come hither as a thief and unbidden dare to approach my throne? He reminds him, you are not a guest here. (laughs) In fact, you would come here to steal from me. But Luthien speaks up and she says, he is Baron, son of Barahir, lord of men, mighty foe of Morgoth, the tale of whose deeds is become a song even among the elves. So she vouches for him. She knows who he is now. And she says, he is a mighty man. He comes from a marvelous lineage. And he has basically done things that are so amazing that even we sing about them, Father. Like, men can be good. They can do amazing things. She's vouching for him and mankind altogether. But Thingol's done talking to her at this point, and he wants to hear what Baron has to say. So he says, let Baron speak. What would you hear, unhappy mortal? And for what cause have you left your own land to enter this, which is forbidden to such as you? Can you show reason why my power should not be laid upon you in heavy punishment for your insolence and folly? Basically, why are you even here? And why are you leaving your own homeland when you know that you would be punished just for even being here. Then Baron looked up, beheld the eyes of Luthien, and this is a moment where everything changes for him. And he glanced also at the face of Melian. He looks at the two of them. And Melian, through this whole conversation so far, has been standing in the background. Thingol's been doing his thing, but she's remained quiet. And she's, a few times during this part of the story leaned down and tried to counsel him. She looks at Baron and something changes. It says, it seemed to him that words were put into his mouth. Fear left him and the pride of the eldest house of men returned to him. He is either inspired by what he sees here or more likely Melian herself reaches out 
and gives him the strength and a reminder of the nobility that he comes from. And he says, My fate, O king, led me hither, through perils such as few even of the elves would dare. And all of that is true. That, uh, that He's not boasting. That is true. And here I have found what I sought not indeed, but finding I would possess forever. And again, he's being genuine. I wasn't looking to find Luthien, but now that I found her, I've realized that I cannot exist without her, basically. For it is above all gold and silver and beyond all jewels. Notice the use of the word jewels here. Neither rock nor steel nor the fires of Morgoth nor all the powers of the elf kingdoms shall keep me from the treasure that I desire. Again, that one treasure, that one thing that you desire most. For Luthien, your daughter, is the fairest of all the children of the world. Thingol spoke slowly, saying, Death you have earned with these words, and death you should find suddenly, had I not sworn an oath in haste, of which I repent, baseborn mortal. Who in the realm of Morgoth has learned to creep in secret as his spies and thralls? Baron answers this, though, and he says, death you can give me earned or unearned. Basically, you have the power to do whatever you want. I can't stop you there. But the names I will not take from you of baseborn, nor spy, nor thrall. Like, don't call me that. That is not true. For the ring of Feligand that he gave to bear here, my father, on the battlefield of the north, my house has not earned such names from any elf, be he king or no. Like, I will stand up for my nobility. I come from a honored house in the eyes of other elves for the great deeds that we've done against the enemy. You cannot use these words here because that is not true. His words were proud and all eyes looked upon the ring for he held it now aloft and the green jewels gleamed there that the Noldor had devised in Valinor. For this ring was like two serpents whose eyes were emeralds and their heads met beneath a crown of gold flowers that the one upheld and the other devoured that was the badge of finarfin and his house and this is the first time we get a really clear description of what the ring looks like and if you think back to any of the moments where you noticed aragorn's hands in the movie or the movies then you'll notice that the ring in the movies is very similar to this then Melian steps in. She leans in to Thingol's side and whispers some counsel. She says, For not by you shall Baron be slain, and far and free does his fate lead him in the end. Yet it is wound with yours. This is one of those moments we see a lot. Whether it's Gandalf or Elrond or Galadriel or Melian here, you have a character who is wiser than everyone else around them. And then they foreshadow something through their words. They basically say what's going to happen. Now, Thingol doesn't necessarily respond to this very well. He is quiet and looks back at Luthien. And it, we're told here he thinks in his heart. He's still festering over this. Unhappy men, children of little lords and brief kings, shall such as these lay hands on you and yet live? He's just He's just pissed off. Then he breaks his silence and he says, I see the ring. 
son of Bear here, and I perceive that you are proud and deem yourself mighty. But a father's deeds, even had his service been rendered to me, avail not to win the daughter of Thingol and Melian. Basically, you've made a good argument, but it's not enough to win the hand of my daughter. Like, that would be crazy. See now, I too desire treasure that is withheld. And he kind of levels with him here. We have something in common. Your speech reminded me of something. For rock and steel and the fires of Morgoth keep the jewel that I would possess against all the powers of the elf kingdoms. And then he has an idea that will solve all of his problems, whether it works or it fails. He continues to Baron. Yet I hear you say that bonds such as these do not daunt you. And this is the moment that is most important in this entire discussion here. This is one of those moments that you find written into some of the best movies or TV shows or stories of old. This concept that whether this works or fails, Thingol believes he will benefit. And the third piece to that is he has now tied himself unknowingly to a fate that he did not intend to. He says to Baron, Go your way, therefore. Bring to me in your hand a Silmaril from Morgoth's crown. And then, if she will, he leaves it up to her, Luthien may set her hand in yours. Then you shall have my jewel. And then he basically explains why this is so important. He says here, And though the fate of Arda lie within the Silmarils, yet you shall hold me generous. Like, you love her more than this great gift, and you don't understand how powerful it actually is. But I do. But you will still return it to me, so that you can claim her hand. And it finishes up here with a paragraph that explains how this works why this is such a dangerous thing not just for baron not just for luthien but for thingle himself we're told thus he wrought the doom of doriath and was ensnared within the curse of mandos remember that curse of mandos applied only to the noldor thingle was not one of the noldor he did not come from valinor he did not betray his kinsmen he did not have claim to the silmarils He'd never seen them before, but now he was seeking them as well. And so that pulls him into the doom of Mandos. And those that heard these words perceived that Thingol would save his oath and yet send Baron to his death. For they knew that not all the power of the Noldor before the siege was broken had availed even to see from afar the shining Silmarils of Feanor. Nobody's even seen them since Morgoth took them. And this seems like an impossible task. He's going to send Baron to his death. He's going to solve the problem of not being able to kill him himself. And the other elves witnessing this, who, other than Luthien or Melian, think that this is a wise decision. And then we get a little bit more about the Silmarils. For they were set in the Iron Crown and treasured in Angband above all wealth. And Balrogs were about them and countless swords, and strong bars, and unassailable walls, and the dark majesty of Morgoth. This is an impossible task. 
we're being reminded that this is an impossible task, that Baron will go to his death as far as Thingol's concerned. But things don't always work out the way that people expect they do. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio, or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes, or just search Robots Radio Discord, or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.